0: Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab number 411 for Sunday, August 5th,
1: 2012. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in your questions. You send in your tips. You send in cool stuff found. We share some cool stuff found of our own. We share some tips and your tips. And we try to answer your questions too. And together, we all try to learn a little bit more info about the Mac. Here on Show 411 from Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton.
0: And also here at Show 411. John F. Braun. But Dave, I just want to take a moment to explain the significance and then maybe move on here. Well, you know, I'm actually wondering how many people that listen to this show even know the significance of 411. I oh. would bet you that many of the, the young kids with their fancy eye devices and stuff have no idea what 411 means.
1: Uh, it might be true. I always thought it was part of the lingo, but maybe not. Yeah, 411 of course being the, uh, the, the thing you use to type on the phone to, to get directory assistance. And you still can type on your phone. You know, it works really? with your iPhone. Sure. I, I can't remember the last time I,
0: <laughs> I don't know if I know anybody that currently uses it, but I I, I could be wrong, but maybe it is. I, I think it's actually part of the lingo meaning to get information on something. That's right. Right. Okay. That's right.
1: All right. Uh, so, you know what, John, let's, uh, let's start this show with cool stuff found. Let's go a little bit, uh, let's go a little bit reverse order tonight. And, uh, and the first thing I wanted to mention was something that, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I started using it. it's called Boom from Global Delight. And I, I think we'll call this a cool stuff found reprise because I I'm sure I mentioned it about three or four years ago when I first found out about it. But. Uh, the problem that it solved for me is when I was up at the lake, Lisa and I had uh, some TV shows we wanted to watch and I had them on my MacBook Air. And so I pressed play and the sound was too soft. And so for the first night we plugged in, you know, headphone splitters and, you know, each put like one ear in and then we could hear or whatever. And it was fine. And then the second night I started doing it. I'm like, wait a minute. We talked about some software that does this. And that's when I, I remembered global delights, boom, and it's six bucks and it actually makes your Mac sound louder it, it uses car audio and it, uh, I don't know exactly the the secret sauce that they're using, but it, my guess is it's just taking the audio that, that would normally go to your speakers and it's, it's doing some, uh, probably some real time, uh, dynamic compression on it. And then, and then raising the level up and it works very, very well. It, it very, very, very much changed the, the evening and, and was able to, you know, probably effectively double the sound. It probably got, you know, three to five DB more out of, uh, out of what we were watching, which is all we needed. Uh, and then, and we were great. So, uh, you can get it in the Mac app store or at global delight.com. It's called boom. So that's, uh, that's cool stuff. Found number one. It's good. Have you ever used boom, John? I don't think I've ever had a need to, it, it would work on, uh, so it can do, it can do the real time thing, as I mentioned, and then it can also, you can run MP3s or I think other audio format or formatted files through it. And, uh, and you can you can like if you have a song that's really quiet every time you listen to it on your iPod uh, or iPhone, you can run it through boom on your Mac first and kind of pre process it and it will do the same effects to it and make it louder. So when you play that file, uh, it's going to, you know, use more of the uh, more of the audio. So that's good. Yeah, stuff. You
0: know, I was looking for information on this and I, I seem to recall in the past. So two things here. So one, I seem to recall in the past, I think this is probably a, a feature of QuickTime player or just the quick time infrastructure. But I, I know I remember a version of OS 10 let you hold down. I think it was shift key or something. And all of a sudden you would get a volume control that had like a much larger range. Yeah. And actually I just poked around here and found that there's a, a little tip here. That's kind of timely for lion because I think it's something that they uh, was in the OS and then they got rid of it, but it's in the latest one. And that's uh, you can get finer volume control if you hold down shift option.
1: Okay. And will that let you do the, what you used to be able to do where you could, you could boost the gain hotter.
0: No, as far as I okay. can tell, it just gives you finer control. No, it doesn't. But you remember this too, right? Yeah, I Use do. It. I think it was yeah. part of
1: QuickTime. Oh, no, it was, it was handy. just, yeah, it was just, right. It was part of the, I think I think it was, you're probably right. It was probably QuickTime. I mean, it was pre-core audio, but it was, yeah, you could, you could boost the volume by holding down option on the, on the menu bar. Yeah. All right. Cool. Good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it. And that's actually what I was looking for that night as I started. I'm like, I wonder if that trick still works. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. But I remember this other thing. So the next thing up is, it's a video you've got to watch. It's it's called, it's the Zorro Max, M-A-C-S-K, and uh, it fits over, the. It's, it's 200 bucks. it fits over the top of your 21-inch iMac and gives you a touchscreen. Uh, it, it's worth watching the video. I don't know how many people are going to want to use a touchscreen with their iMac, but these guys have done some cool things to make it so that, uh, you know, there's some UI stuff. It actually, it just like sits over, you know, your iMac has, uh, has magnets in there that keep its screen on. And this thing just pretty much attaches to the magnets and then has a little USB cable that, that just wraps around the bottom and you plug it right in and you're good to go. And, and it's not a screen. What, what's cool is it's, it's, um, it's just like a bezel. You could put your hand through it and and you do. So it's not impeding your vision or anything you're but you are touching your IMAX screen. But it's cool. We'll put a we'll put a video in the in the show notes that uh, that shows it and we'll put a link to it uh on Amazon too. But uh, did you so watch wait, that so video, John?
0: No, but I so. uh, let me take a guess here. Oh, come on, man. Lighten up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will. Don't be... <laughs> no, but for what I gather, so so you actually touching the screen? yeah this is a and this is a bezel and i think this is what's cluing me in so it has some sensors within the bezel itself that see your finger hitting the screen and i guess figure it out from that right whether it be infrared or ultrasonic or whatever they're doing there but okay yeah i, I, w- I would guess infrared or some sort of yeah it pretty eye. cool though but you know well no it's a nice way to address the problem too is that you're not adding a you know capacitive or other touch screen you you're, you're but you are right. sensing when somebody's. Though I, I guess the only downside would be your screen's going to get all messy,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah, right, right. No, that that's a very real problem. That's right. Yeah. So, but you know, it's cool, cool to watch the video anyway. So we'll put it out there. All right. Let's see. Uh, Jeff has a well. It's actually a cool little geeky tip that he came up with, but it's very timely. He said, uh, for those that are preparing to install Mountain Lion, uh, I, came, uh, I came across something that might be handy. I stumbled on a way to get a list of all the installed apps on my Mac. He says, in terminal, navigate to your applications folder and then type ls space greater than and then tilde, which is home slash apps.txt. And He says, that creates a text file uh, named apps.txt with all your installed apps in it so essentially what you're doing is taking a directory listing in the terminal and then saving it to uh, a text file but if you just use ls without any extra commands it's just going to give you a list of all the files that are there which is, which is a handy thing so you can go through and, and one by one kind of you know maybe compare it to the, the you know, apps compatibility list or, or anything like that so good little tip I like it
0: I like it too I, I want to add something though just a little something add is away that- my friend Well, you want to be careful where you, uh, so I initially tried this and realized that there may be a way for you to do this and not get the big picture and that there are two application directories, right? Yeah. So one, and the thing is, if you go to the terminal, that usually defaults to your home directory. So if you say CD applications, what you're going to be doing is, is viewing the applications that are locally available. Of course, the other thing you want to do is once you're done doing that, because you want to get both. Because applications can right. be one of two application folders. You would then say something like cd space slash applications and then right. do the same thing. Very good point. Be two files in two places. No, that just occurred to me because I think they're moving away from having two places where your applications can be stored, right? Um, no. Or are they? No, I, don't, I, I wouldn't know. say that.
1: No. I, I mean, I think you can store apps per user or per or system wide. And, and those are the two places that they would go. Yeah. I think, I think that's still copacetic by, uh, by Apple's standards. Okay. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, you're right. You want to look in both places. That's right. Oh, and we got a
0: reminder in the chat room here. Yes. System report does show a list of applications and I think it covers uh, both directories. That's a oh, yeah, good idea. System profiler or whatever you want to call it. And actually that's system profiler is a great way to see not only that, but I think, you know, like some of the things that I like. So in the, uh, and is, it, is it in the, yeah, the software section. So yeah, it's a very good point. Good reminder. Um, system profiler, software section. There's applications. There's a few others. Uh, some of the ones that I like, especially for low-level uh, diagnostics or just nosiness. But extensions. will show you your kernel extensions. And that's really the guts of OS ten right there. But it lists it in a uh, nice way. And I don't know if there's really much else there that's of, of much
1: interest. No, I I mean, it's worth poking around. You may you may notice something and say, oh, yeah, that reminds me. I got to go install or maybe frameworks. Actually, frameworks
0: Uh, is the other thing that some vendors will install frameworks to support their app. And and if it's up, a framework may either not be there, be the wrong version or whatever. So that's a good place to, to list that as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, While we're talking about stuff buried deep in the system, Brad uh, sent in a cool stuff found via Twitter. He said, uh, I didn't realize that OS 10 came with a packet sniffer and and most specifically a Wi-Fi packet sniffer. But he's right. If you look in system, uh, so uh, your root of your hard drive and then system and then library and then core services, and then uh, in there, there's a ton of apps, actually. And uh, the one that he's referring to is called Wi-Fi Diagnostics. And, uh, and that's a handy thing. I am going to take a guess that this is, at least in part, written by Alf Watt, which uh, who's the guy that also writes iStumbler, uh, because Alf works for Apple in the airport uh, software and hardware group, I believe. So... Um, but my my but so i stumbler's is a good one and then and then this one but this one's built right into every Mac so you can uh you can sniff around on your Wi-Fi and have fun. Have you played with this, John? I, I would be surprised if you hadn't knowing. I knowing think how I you actually
0: well, I think I actually found it when we had one of our first episodes after
1: installing um lion. I think uh, it, lion. I think it was lion. No, I it, did find it. Came, now where is
0: yeah. it again? Did you say is it a core S- system
1: system library core services? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, yeah which is cool. Yeah, I found that one, Wi-Fi diagnostics, and I think, yeah, if I remember, I don't know if it's based on low-level open source libraries like PCAP and stuff like that to capture all this. Um, The other one that I like because I've actually been doing more work in the uh, analyzing network traffic realm, uh, but Wireshark is the one that should still work. I think uh, X11 is still uh, supported here, so Wireshark is a a very good one on the Mac. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what I like about it is that I've also been dabbling and I'll go into more detail in a bit, but I've also been dabbling with VPNs. And the nice thing is that if you are on a VPN, uh, something like Wireshark that is smart enough to to differentiate between different types of packets or say, oh, that's a certain like a VPN packet. <laughs> so what I'm getting at, it'll show you and, and it's actually a good tool to get a warm fuzzy if you're on a network and you're not sure about it, whether your, your traffic is being encrypted, because this shows that. Which, which is kind of neat to watch and that, you know, I mean, how do you know if it's really encrypted? I mean, are you going to trust that someone's going to run VPN properly? Well, you, yeah, what? that's right. Wireshark <laughs> could tell you, that's right. <laughs> and it absolutely does. So it's a good, I was just using it for that, the, recently just
1: uh, I wanted to share. That's cool. Oh, that's really, that's smart, man. And, and, and did, did it turn out that the traffic that you thought was encrypted was in fact encry- encrypted? Of
0: course. Oh, good. Well, that's, yeah, that's, it was a certain packet type that was showing that it was, uh, yeah. And I'll dig a little bit. Maybe I have some more specifics. Cool. Then I'll get the tool and explore. You
1: can't hurt anything. It just lets you watch. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. You're you're not changing anything with it. Right. Uh, all right. So uh, let's see I, another one that I found, and I honestly don't remember where I saw it, uh, so I can't credit anyone specifically for it. But uh, but there is a, you know, we're always looking for more utilities to do the maintenance and things like that, that we want to do. And, uh, and at jimmitchell.org, there is one called y- Yasu Y-A-S-U, which is yet another system utility. And it's very, very simple. It does work in mountain lion. Um, and, and actually I'm going to jump back a second. I mentioned, I stumbler will put a link in the show notes to it as always, but make sure you go to the beta page because there is no official release or, The only release that works with mountain lion is, is the beta one, but you know, it's, it it works. It's fine. So uh, feel free to use it. But uh, so anyway, uh, Yasu, yet another system utility works with mountain lion as well. And it lets you do very, very simple things. You can run the cron scripts, the maintenance scripts, you can repair permissions. You can clear crash logs, which is actually kind of a nice thing to really target because those can get to be a mess and you might not need them after a while. Uh, But the one thing that I really liked was that there is an option to reset not just system permissions, which is what disk utility will also do, but reset home permissions, which is uh, otherwise you if you're not doing it this way, you've got to reboot to the recovery partition and and drop to the terminal and run the reset password utility. And there's that whole happy dance you've got to run through to make that happen. uh, And this will do it um, just right there in, in your system. So. Yasu. So good stuff. Have you, have you checked out Yasu, John?
0: No. All right. I've checked out one of the other ones. So keep going. Okay,
1: cool. Right. So uh, we're moving on to Greg. Uh, We love all the stuff that Greg sends in. And one of the ones he sent in is called system status. Now this is an iOS uh, app and it's, it's actually very, very cool. It allows you to uh, see what processes are running on your ios device it doesn't show you how much cpu they're using but it sorts them in order of most cpu used so you can see if you've got some background process that's chewing up lots and lots of cpu uh, It lets you monitor what's going on in the network it's you know almost like an activity monitor for uh for ios so that one's that one's worth checking out and it is 2.99 in the app store so we will uh we will certainly put that one in the show notes for you too Is that the one you checked out, John? Yes, it is. And I got this one specifically because I was
0: having a um, a spirited discussion on Twitter at one point. And and people were speculating as to, um, you know, what processes were running in a particular situation. And it's like, well, how can you tell? And Right. Well, the the thing is, there's a lot of background processes that that will also let you see that are running here. Like I I look right now on mine and I'll see that I'm running, let's see, comm center, AWDD, whatever that is, MDNS responder. Yep. Um, But it shows it shows all the uh, processes that are running, as you said, and then the runtime and the priority and, and a few other things, the PID.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't get. To the terminal, unless there's something. or No, you jailbreak. No, Maybe no. You you, can. Yeah, if you jailbreak, actually, there is a, a terminal app you can install. But
0: but yeah, otherwise, not. so it shows you as much info as possible, and then it shows you, you know how memory's being a bit used, and uh, I think it shows processor utilization somewhere. So yep. So yeah, it's a, like you said, it's it's as close as you're going to get within the confines of the limitations of an iDevice or iOS. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're not going to get to the same level, and actually, you know, it makes me sad that. You brought up this painful reminder that there is doesn't seem to be a way, at least for mere mortals, to see how much processor are are things taking.
1: No, you just have to know that it's a relative. It's like ingredients on, uh, you know, on a on food, (laughs) food items, you know, which ingredients are more and and less, but you don't know the actual numbers. So but uh, there's another one that I there's another one I use and I I kind of go back and forth. I have them both installed. They both have uh, they, they both work on iPhone and on iPad The other one that I use is called system activity monitor and that's only a buck. So, uh, that's, you know, similar, but a little bit different. And each of them kind of has their, you'll see as you use them, I I actually find system activity monitor a little bit better for monitoring that CPU usage because it does show an, a, a live updating graph of what's happening. And so you can see as things spike and move around and, and that sort of thing. So, but you know, it's all, uh, you know, same data, uh, just displaying it in slightly different ways. Uh, while we're while we're going through cool stuff found here, John, I want to talk about uh, our sponsor for the one of our first sponsor for the show, which is Smile Software. And uh, and today we're talking about PDF pen, which is available for the Mac, but is also available for the iPad. Now, PDF pen in a very general sense allows you to edit um, PDFs. And and you can tweak them. You can move pages around. You can edit text right on a PDF, which is actually really, really cool. Um, you can. So, so for example, you know, if you have something and, and you've got it via PDF, but you've got to change one word or you see a misspelling or, uh, or you want to change your boarding group on a boarding pass. Not that I recommend that, but uh, but you certainly could edit the PDF right there on your Mac or your iPad and do that. I actually uh, use another feature a lot which allows you to paste things into the PDF. So sometimes you get PDFs that are actual forms and you can fill them out. But uh, but other times the PDF is just sort of a dumb document and you're some, you're really meant to print it and fill it out and scan it and send it back. Well, that's a big pain in the neck. So with PDF pen, and you can do this on your Mac or your iPad, uh, you can edit on top of the PDF so you can add your own text to it and fill out a form. And then you can actually store your signature in it as a snippet and sync it back and forth between your Mac and your iPad. And then you can paste your signature in and you could do a whole contract without and send it back via email without leaving your iPad, without leaving your Mac. Uh, Very, very cool stuff. It it is one of those things that uh, if I set up a new Mac and I start working on it within about 30 hours, I find that I need PDF pen. It's uh, you know, it's, it's something I use almost every day. So, it is available, of course, in the App Store for, uh, for iOS. It's $14.99. And you can buy it for your Mac. They have PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro. Uh, you can check them both out at smilesoftware.com. And, uh, and those you can get a free trial of. And then, uh, and then after you've convinced yourself that you need it, and you will, it's $60 for PDF Pen and, uh, and $99 for PDF Pen Pro. The latter lets you. Add uh, create your own forms and and do some very, very cool stuff. So go check them out. Smilesoftware.com. And we very much appreciate their support and your support of them. All right. So let's see, jumping down here a little bit, starting to mess with some more audio stuff. Do you have any, do you have anything to throw in John before we go to Brad?
0: I do go. I'm going to throw something in though. It could be difficult because it's rather large. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so I saw I saw a few people talking about this uh, over the last couple of days here, so I'm not quite sure how new it is on the scene here, but I tried it, and it works great, and it's called Tunnel Bear. This isn't like Ted the Bear, right? No. Uh, the, the, the one thing that got me here, you know, I think I, I almost recognize who uh, threw, uh, drew the uh, diagrams here. They look very much like a, another web cartoonist, but I'll have to research that. But it it's a VPN app for... Mac, and I do believe uh, various handheld devices as well. Uh, Maybe not. Okay, no, I think that's coming soon, but it's a a VPN app for the PC and the Mac. And I downloaded it. I, I registered for an account. I signed up and clicked a button and done.
1: OK, so but it has a
0: nice display. It has a nice display. Um, their selling point, I think, eventually down the road is that they're going to be available in two con- in
1: multiple countries. Right now, you can appear to be coming from the U.S. or the U.K. Ah, uh, So this is not. Just a VP because I was gonna ask, why would you use this as opposed to Mac OS ten's built in VPN? But that's not what this is. This is a VPN service, right? That lets you Correct. appear to be coming from somewhere else than you actually are. Right. So their selling point and, and can, now, another one i looked at that's go. I, I was just gonna ask, is do you have to use their software or can you use the built in yes. iOS no, or, their software. or oh really? I thought well, they,
0: they have a free well, they have free and they have pay. So, um, but no, as far as I can tell, I, I remember reading through the FAQ and it said, yeah, you know, you, you got to use our client. So... Huh? Maybe it's technically possible if they're using Open. Because you know, I was running it, and like other VPN software, I saw a little Snitch come up saying, "Hey, you know, this uh, process wants to run OpenVPN." I'm like, "Oh,
1: okay, that's cool." Oh, okay. Because right. a lot
0: of these solutions are re- are using what's already built into Mac OS Ten, which is something called, you guessed it, OpenVPN, which is a nice open source, uh, pretty secure uh, package that people use for VPNing and and. Well, I guess that's about it, but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay, so yeah, and you're right, I looked at their FAQ, it says for sure that, that you have to use their client, which probably makes it funny to use on iOS, because you can't use it to access things other than through their client, right? It's not a system-wide I don't wide think they thing. have... Um, well, They you do know, have I, an iOS they, app, there's no question. Yeah. Oh, they do? Okay, I'm yeah. just seeing, all
0: right, I'm on the computer, and I think they say Android is coming soon. But That's right. If they're like the other service I use, so they, they look pretty similar to... Um, Though it looks like they have more tiers here. But Cloak is the other one that I've seen. And the Cloak just runs on the Mac and it runs on iOS. And I think when you run something on iOS, what it really is doing, or at least Cloak did, it, it pretty much installs a certificate and then says, Oh, if, if you activate the VPN feature in the iDevice, then please select this certificate, which is the Cloak certificate. So I, I would assume that they do a similar thing with this. Sure. Is cool. that a... I don't. I don't think any VPN service like these guys actually installs an app because you don't really need to. Again, you, you just got to know where to look in the network preferences to turn on VPN on your iDevice. I think that's probably the hardest part. No, no, app, they they say
1: they say very clearly oh, really? that you have to use their app. Yeah, I mean, it's it. That's what I said. Their FAQ says, "Can I use the TunnelBear VPN service without the TunnelBear client?" And the answer is no. So hmm. yeah, so it might be a little funny on iOS. Yeah. Because I think Cloak would just
0: redirect you to the to the right screen and say, yeah, pick this cert before you run VPN on your device.
1: And then, no, that, you'll be using us. So. I don't think. Oh. I, I mean, it, I, I haven't tested it, but based on what their website's saying, that's not okay. how it is. No, I hear you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But hey, I can uh, check the uh, App
0: Store. No, it's fine. No, uh, we'll, we'll try them out a bit. I, I've tried Cloak, and, you know, I'll try this one out a bit. But, uh, you know, it's a nice option. The, the the primary use of this is if you're on a network that you don't trust, uh, more specifically, a open Wi-Fi network that doesn't use any sort of password or encryption key. This is when you want to use something like this or plugging into any network where you you're not quite sure what's going on, even if it's a wired network. Right. Uh, you know, because once you got this running, all traffic is uh, encrypted to uh, some degree. So check them out. I will. Or I already did. You know, I ran it for a few minutes and I'm like, oh, OK, it's secure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. They, they, I, I like the bar graph. If you, if you see the web page, what they show is, I guess, throughput. That that's kind of interesting to see, or uh, could be kind of depressing. Right, right. If you got the connection, like I have over the last several days here, it's 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 terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I and and actually, they I I may be misunderstanding their web page because I cannot find an iOS app on the store. So perhaps uh, that when they say iOS and Android with coming soon in parentheses, they don't just mean Android's coming soon. So we'll have to see. All right. Where are we on the agenda here? Uh, Brad back to Brad. I think a different Brad this time. Actually, it it is a different Brad. Uh, this is something available in the Mac app store and it is called radio clock. And, uh, radio clock is a very, it's an interesting little thing. It's a, um, it 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 allows you to tune in shoutcast radio stations on your mac and it's got a really cool interface it's all it looks all analog so it you know it'll bring you back to using a a, a regular radio uh with the exception of that there you're not actually using a radio uh you you're pulling this stuff down over the internet using shoutcast but uh it's got a very very cool interface and and analog uh readouts for volume and and your station and all of that stuff so it's uh 99 cents in the mac app store so go ahead and check out the screenshots and you know there you go it's uh thanks brad that's good stuff did you you take a look at the the screens on that one john oh yeah 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 Yeah. that's good so all right um while we're in the audio realm uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm just laughing because I, I know there's a the, not the, the, there there could be a story behind this as to uh the, when you chose to uh <laughs> test this device if, and how you chose if to if test. If
1: only you knew the whole story, which I can't really tell here. No, um so anyway, yeah, while I was on vacation a big box arrived here at the house and uh and I actually came home a day before the family because I had a, a gig scheduled for for that night uh near the house here so I I came home and There was supposed to be a rainstorm. So the gig was canceled. So I had nothing to do all night. And so I'm like, well, let's open the box. There's toys here. It was a really heavy box. It's like, I think it's like 35 pounds. And in the box was the Sonos sub. Now this is a, the Sonos system is something that, that uh, we've talked about here on the show before. It is wireless hi-fi. And the cool thing about Sonos is You plug it into your network and you you can have multiple units. Uh, We won't go through the whole thing because we did it uh, in a previous show. We'll find that one and link to it in the show notes if you want to hear more. But the general idea is you can have these Sonos units all over your house. Um, You only have to plug one of them into the network. And then they create their own Wi-Fi mesh that they manage all by themselves. Uh, It's totally plug and play. It is like the most Apple-like experience that I've ever had from a company other than Apple. It, you, it just simply works. Um, and, and so we've got Sonos units all over the house and you know, they're, we've got the play fives and the play threes. You can check them out and they're, they're small little units and, and you can sync two of them together to be a stereo pair or they'll play the stereo stuff just by themselves. And, uh, but you know, one of the issues is that these things are, as big as they are, and actually the sound that they deliver, I, I like the Play 3, which is the smaller one, even better than the Play 5. It's actually got more low end. But you can always have more low end. And that's what the Sonos sub is all about. Uh, you plug this thing in, and the cool part is you just plug it into the wall. It grabs onto the, the Sonos mesh. You You go on your... Uh, whatever client you want, you can use your Mac, you can use your iPad, you can use your iPhone. I actually use uh, we have a Kindle Fire here and they have an Android app for Sonos. And we don't use the Kindle Fire for anything other than controlling the Sonos in the house because we can just leave that app as the one that's on. Uh, and and it's great. So anyway, you use whatever you want. You add the Sonos to whatever room you want to position. And man, I mean, just even t- as you as you turn it on and and hook it up. John, it brings you through this test of you know you want to see how high it needs to be, and it plays some stuff and asks you you know which one seemed louder and you know this that and the other thing. And it, I mean, it it shook the house, and it, I mean, really shook the house. It was crazy. You could you could see the low end coming out of this thing if you wanted to. Um, obviously, I ratcheted it back, and it it really does. You know, I I um I've had it for a little over a week now in the house, and and. At first I said, you know, it, this is nice and it adds some low end for sure. And I could add way more than I ever wanted, but I don't know that I'll miss it when it's gone. Cause it is, a, you know, a, a limited time review unit. And, uh, and then today, actually yesterday I was playing music and I thought, let me see, let me just turn it off and then retweak the, the thing to get back to where I used to be. And I was very, very happy with my Sonos prior to this. I, I really, and that's why I thought, you know, I, I won't really be sad when it goes, I'm going to be sad when it goes. Uh, it, it's a, it's, you know, it provides a low end, even if it's not too much low end, it provides a low end that, that is just something you can't get any other way. So, uh, so it's really, it's very, very cool and it's elegant. It's, it's like I said, it's not, um, it, it's not light. It's, it's, uh it's 35 pounds, but you can, you can lay it flat on the floor. You can kind of stand it up on its side. It's got this cool little oval shape in the middle. It's cool. So and it's not cheap. It's uh, six hundred ninety nine bucks. So, you know, you're you're not. Ooh. Yeah. 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 No, it's 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 a pricey unit. But um, and and like I said, I'm going to be sad when it goes back. <laughs> so um, but well, it, if it, it goes sounds back, great. You know, it, it may want to stay for a while. I would love for it to stay for a while, but I, uh, I yeah. think I think I got it for two weeks. So my my right. my run is coming coming short i'm sure i'll get be getting the fedex label to send it back
0: oh that's too bad you know i thought you got an actual sub
1: because you are near the water and i thought you got (laughs) that would be cool this thing's cool this thing's cool like i said i mean i had it to the point where like i said i could literally see the low end coming out of it it was it was you know
0: (laughs) it was crazy how'd the the animals uh react to this
1: yeah they were they 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 all flee uh, they were a little, they were, they noticed. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I was, I was joking. Cause my neighbors got chickens they got five chickens, three of which are roosters. It, I don't know why in the world you'd want three roosters. I don't know why you'd want one. I mean, I can understand why you'd want one rooster, but three out of five as roosters is crazy. And these things just crow all day. And Make uh, sure you wake up. It's not, they don't just crow in the morning, man. They start in the morning. Yeah. They don't mm-hmm. shut up. No. <laughs> <laughs> never like my neighbor well
0: we used to have someone who put their barking machine outside because the, uh, the reason that you want to have a dog is so you can put it outside so it can bark at at everything surrounding your house
1: right or at right. least that's
0: what happened to me
1: yeah no so so anyway so i thought you know maybe if i if i found the right low end frequency i could i could you know blow some feathers off these things but uh but it didn't it didn't quite work out the way i thought but it was a, it was a fun it was a you know fun evening i probably spent three hours listening to music um, that night, just, you know, trying different things and setting up different setups. And it, it really sounds great. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to miss one. It it's gone. It's, you know, I think that that's the, that's the most accurate review I can, I can give it. I've got it tuned out. So you don't necessarily notice that it's there. It's not overly, you know, it's, it's not overstated. It's very warm, but it fills things out very, very nicely. So mm-hmm. anyway, moving on, right? Moving on. Or do you have questions? Go. All right. Um, lastly, but not leastly, uh, we have a comment from pilot Pete who's not here tonight, but, uh, but I did want to share this and cool stuff found. He said, are you aware and, or do you use keystrokes with Gmail? And he says, if you hit shift question mark, while you're in the Gmail web interface, uh, you will see uh, a help list. And I had never, uh, used this at all. I know you use Gmail and this works with Gmail's app, you know, uh, for domains as well as, mm. you know, um, yeah, yeah. So you hit uh, shift question mark and you get this overlay and you can use these, these, uh, keystrokes to jump around. You can, um, add labels, archive things. You can, you know, if you're on a message, you hit E and it sends it to the archive, uh, immediately. You know, if you hit, uh, if you want to go back to your inbox or go to all mail, you hit G To say go to, and then you hit a for all mail back to the inbox is G spaced. I or not space G and then I, that jumps you back. You can mark messages as read and unread. I'm not going to read them to you because it's really, really easy to just hit shift and you don't even have to hit shift question mark. You can hit shift slash, which is the, uh, well, I guess that is question mark now that I say it, right? So yes, you are hitting question mark. That's all it is. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, I guess there would be no other way to hit question mark other than the shift key. So, but yeah, that's cool stuff, Pete. I bet uh, I bet there will be lots of people that uh, that had no idea that that was there. Looks pretty cool, huh, Mister Braun? Indeed, indeed. How are we doing on time here? Well, we're doing all right on time. All we're right, running out of time. That's right. All right. So we have uh, one other uh, cool stuff found, and we'll let Gabriel talk about that quick. Hello, John, Dave, and Pilot Pete. This is Gabriel Wiseman in North Carolina. And I have a cool stuff found that is just amazing. And it's a way to get in touch with my favorite podcast, the Mac Geek Gab. You can contact them, and this is is a little known fact, but you can contact these guys at feedback at macgeekgab.com. Now, John, you'll never have to do this by yourself again. This cool stuff found can be used anytime. Thank you, Gabriel. Uh, John, I think he said cool stuff found uh was feedback at MacGeekab.com. hmm <laughs> That's what he said. That's what he said. Are you sure that's what he said, John? Well, you know, now that I
0: replayed in my mind here, I no, I I, I really think he said feedback at
1: com. I believe I'm that's saying. right. You can send, uh, he's right. You can send your email there. That's where most of these cool stuff found uh, were submitted. And the questions that we'll get into in a little bit here, uh, that's where you can send, you can send audio files. You can send text. You can send screenshots uh, and screenshots can be really, really helpful for us. One thing I will say for people sending screenshots, mail, uh, when you attach an image to it in the lower right-hand corner of Apple Mail, this is on your Mac, it will show you how much it's going to downsize those images. And sometimes we'll get screenshots that would have been, you know, a huge 27 inch screen wide and would have been really handy to see all that detail. And probably without the the listener knowing, it's been scrunched down to this tiny little thing that you can't blow up and you can't see any detail on. So be careful of that. Just be aware of that when you're sending attachments of any kind. But certainly to those to us, we want them as big as you want to send them because it does help to see, you know, some of that detail, especially if you're sending a screenshot of a console log or something where, you know, we need to get in and, and look. That's really, really handy. Oh, and uh, and we're getting a, a note in the chat room here. Uh, which is available at MacGeekab.com slash stream that in Lion in Mountain Lion now it's in the uh top right corner, not the bottom right corner. So but it is there. So thank you. That was a Kiwi Graham in the live chat room, which is very, very handy to have for exactly these kinds of things. We really like the the live interaction in the show. We can't pay attention to it all the time, but uh but it does come in handy. <laughs> How you doing, John? Paying attention in the chat room and forgetting about the show here? Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Yeah, exactly. You can also send your audio to you can call us at 206-666-GEEK, which John is 4335. That's right. Uh, you can Skype Facebook. us. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah,
0: go. Oh. No, go. Facebook. You've heard of it. If you haven't, facebook.com slash Mackie Gap. Absolutely. That's about it. Uh, you will see uh, some things there, uh, which you may also see on our Twitter feed. Twitter feeds, Dave, right? Yeah, there's many Twitter feeds. Yeah. Well, there's Matt Geekab. I am John F. Ron. He is Dave Hamilton. Pilot is Pilot Pede. gab is Matt Geekab. That's right.
1: And Mac Observer. And what else? Who well, else? com slash stream is uh <gasps> we we've 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 standardized now on pretty much nine p.m. Eastern Sunday night. There will be times uh when we can't keep that schedule exactly, but uh but that's that's our that's our goal. That's our standing appointment every week. And, uh, and you can join us. We turn the live stream on for pre-show probably about 15 minutes before that, give or take. And, uh, and then we, then we record. So we'd love to have you join us. We've got a chat room. John set up this great, uh, IRC based thing, but it's all in the web client and the people at, uh, our IRC host at Hashmark made it so that the web client can allow lots and lots of people in. And so it's, uh, it's awesome. It's, it's great stuff. All right. A couple of tips to get to. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We're, we're running a little behind, but that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, pick it up a notch. One very quick tip. Actually, I've got, uh, I think we can do two quick tips and then we'll, and then we'll jump to, to this thing. One is that, uh, it used to be that if you wanted to re download the installer for an operating system that you bought via the Mac app store, it was very difficult you had to go through this whole thing of holding down the option key and, you know, clicking the button right and holding your mouth just right and all that stuff that is now gone. Uh, and it's been gone for a little while, but it's worth mentioning. If you need to re download, if you've let's say you've upgraded to Mountain Lion and then you want to re download the installer because you want to in- update another machine that maybe, you know, isn't going to be on the Internet or, or you just want to save a copy of the installer. You can do that. Just go into the app, the Mac App Store, go to the page for Mountain Lion and click the download button. That's it. So uh, there's no more messing around. It just will download and it'll leave it right there in your applications folder. You can do whatever you want with it. So that's saves a lot of headache. It's good. And then uh, look Brian, at that. Brian, you're Ch- right. I know. But no, I have another question here. You know, I,
0: I, I want to do this live and see if this works. No, mm. I think I know why. So in uh, on my podcast machine, which is the um, Snow Leopard machine, right? Is it?
1: Yes, uh, you Snow tell Leopard. Me.
0: Yeah, okay. No, yep. it's Snow Leopard, and I see two things in my app store, and this is kind of weird. So I see Mac, uh, OS X Mountain Lion, and it's actually at the top of the list. And as you said, when I click on it, I immediately get the download button, which is cool, because it probably knows that I bought it already. Unfortunately, I also see Lion, or, or I'm sorry, um, Lion listed here. And if I click on that, it says the ID.me request is not currently available in the U.S. store. Right. What I think it's saying is you didn't use this account to download this. Cause it's in my application list on this machi- on uh, You see what I'm saying here? It no. won't let me get it. It's in the list here. Okay. Maybe this is a problem. So, so maybe there's a problem. Maybe I'll send it to feedback at Mackeygev.com, but no, I'm seeing lion in my list of applications. Yeah. But on this machine, but if like, I click on like download, per- it doesn't like let in me. your
1: list of purchases. Is that what you're yes, talking about? Yes, okay. In so the
0: you- purchase list. Correct.
1: Okay. And you hit download, and it doesn't let you? Now, it gives
0: me weird errors here, so I don't know why it's in the list here, and I can't see... Well, actually, you can get rid of it now. So, so one thing I've noticed as of late is anywhere in the purchase list, if you click on something, you'll see in the far right uh, next to the install or download button, an X, and you can get rid of it. But now it keeps complaining. It says, you have updates available for other accounts. To update this application, sign in. Now, it, it, I have OS ten Lions stuck in my list of purchases, and I can't seem huh. to
1: do anything useful with it. Yeah, I don't want to try downloading it here because I don't want to screw up our uh, bandwidth for the show or anything. The but thing is, uh, this
0: machine, I want to upgrade to Lion, but it seems I can't. It's in my it's in my store. It knows that I bought it on another machine, but maybe because it's, it's not quite the right version here. Huh. That shouldn't matter. That's weird, man. Let me, let me go through it more. I'll, okay. I'll keep everyone posted because I do want to get this machine because, you know, some have pointed out here, you know, we don't want to be too, stuck too far behind. And now I, I would say that you know snow leopard is old news it's yeah i like, should upgrade this to lion do, hey, do you agree or i think you should upgrade it to mountain lion if you can and if you can't then uh, upgrade it to I lion ooh. i want to have at least two versions i don't want to upgrade everything in mountain lion well i
1: only have two machines dave maybe i should get another machine there you go i think it's time hey you know <laughs> though um one reason that you might want to download the installer is to make a boot disk right and and you can sure. dig you can dig into the package and find this install ESD.dmg file but with 1074 which is the latest Lion and Mountain Lion if you try to make a USB boot disk from that install ESD.dmg file uh, it will fail and it it fails during the verification process but it also fails during the boot process for most people so uh, th- there is that is no longer a reliable way of making a USB boot disk. Thankfully, there is a tool. It's called Lion Disk Maker, but it don't let the name fool you. It also works for Mountain Lion, and they say so right on their website. Uh, Lion Disk Maker is uh, it will allow you it'll it'll actually re it'll read from that package. So you have to have downloaded the installer. It's not like it's going to provide you with software that they don't own. You've got to download it. But you don't, you don't have to dig it out or anything. You just do the download as normal and then you run this lion disc maker and, uh, and it goes through and builds a whole USB bootable thing and it works great. So, uh, so go ahead and check that out. That's, that's, that's the new way of doing it. And I tried it today and it, it finally worked. I was finally able to make a, both a lion and a mountain lion, um, boot disc, if you want to call it boot stick. So good stuff. All right. All right. Um, you know, I, before we get into the questions here, I want to uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening with premium. We've we've emailed with everyone, I believe, that is a premium subscriber. And we've mentioned it a little bit here to those of you that are not premium subscribers. But it's time to start telling you all what's going on here. Uh, one thing that we are doing is uh, we are moving back to doing one show a week. In fact, we have moved back to doing one show a week. Uh, And with that, for that reason, uh, and for many, many other reasons, specifically, a lot of you have had headaches with the paywall. Uh, The paywall is, is going away. In fact, it it is effectively gone. It still exists. You can still subscribe to the premium feed to get older shows, but, uh, but in time and, and, and I'll explain a little bit why it's not happening automatically uh, or instantly rather, uh, but in time and probably over the next month, that, will go away. You'll have access to everything in the archives, uh, and you'll have access to every show in the main feed. The premium feed will still work. So if you've got your Podcatcher pointed at it, uh, it will work at uh infinitum. There's no reason to change that at this point in time, but it is going away. Uh, the main reason we did premium, uh, was based on, f- well, frankly, you, 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 uh, and this was, you know, three, three and a half years ago. Uh, you found ways of of sending us uh money uh in in various ways even though we didn't have any way of doing that and having have any official channels of of uh of having you send stuff into us and uh and we decided okay we need to come up with a way and and we did and and we did the premium thing and uh and and so we're kind of going back to the roots of that the name will stay premium uh there will still be uh a path for those of you that want to continue to support us directly. And it really does help. In fact, I I can say almost without a doubt that, uh, that without the premium uh, component of this over the last three years, the the show may not have been uh, supportable. It, uh, there were, there were periods of time where ad revenue was really low. And, uh, and, and so the the premium support is really, really important to us. and, And we really appreciate everybody that uh, that has contributed uh, over time and and, con- and will contri- continue to contribute. It's it really uh, you know I, I say it's humbling. We we say thank you all the time and and we really really mean it. In fact, probably more so than we can communicate. Uh so what will premium be? Well, premium will be like I said, what it at, at its roots support directly for us. This will go into uh, our ability to you know continue to buy hardware to test with the show. But also, it's you know the kind of thing that John and I used to pay our mortgages and things like that. I mean, it it you know it, it it contributes to all of that, and it really you know it it we do this as part of our job, and so that's where that's where that comes from. Uh, but we do want to give something back to those of you that continue to support us, and and so we're going to do a couple of things. Uh, number one, the premium email address, which is premium at macgeekcab dot com, will stay alive, and that is a uh, that's something many of you asked in the email trails that we had uh, and it is clearly very important to you. It's very important to us. We want to give you a, uh, a a special path to get to us and that will exist. Email to the premium address gets prioritized. It is the stuff we answer first and it is answered more comprehensively uh, in that we attempt to answer everything that comes into that uh, and not just with a, a perfunctory, Hey, thanks for sending us an email. We, We really, really do try to do that. In addition to that, We also do want to offer uh, premium members the ability and really everyone uh, the ability to get uh, a little something to show your MGG colors, if you will. And uh, and so. Every year we will put together a package, Uh, the package will hold something like a, you know, a T-shirt, a mug, stickers, it'll change every year. We'll probably fulfill these packages twice a year, but the packages themselves, I think certainly will change at least once a year, depending on how many people contribute and, and how it works. We may do it. We may change it more often, but it will be one package a year and that package. And, and, you know, I, I really appreciate those of you that wrote in uh, when we asked about this and said, Hey, don't spend all the money that we send you on sending us t-shirts back because that's not the reason we're sending you money. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and I appreciate that. And, and it was a a good reality check. So what we're going to do is for every hundred bucks that you, you send in to us, you qualify for the package. Now that hundred bucks could take you three years to get there. It could happen all at once. Uh, but we will track that over time. And once you hit the hundred bucks, you qualify for that year's package. Like I said, we're going to fulfill probably twice a year. And then you'll get your, uh, your little gift package with, uh, with whatever it is, is in the package that year. For now, you might say, "Okay, well, why aren't you? Why isn't this rolling out right away?" Well, the reason is we are in transition on the back end, moving to a new content management system, and that will probably roll out within the next week, maybe week and a half, and that's when all of this stuff happens. So you might say to yourself, "Well, maybe I should wait and start contributing." Once the packet, once the the new system is in place so that I can, my contributions go toward this hundred bucks and you can, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. However, everyone that is an active premium subscriber as of the day that we make this cutover and it's not happening tomorrow, at least not tomorrow, the sixth, but, uh, but you know, it might happen by the 12th. I don't know. Maybe by the, certainly by the 15th, I hope we will be cut over to this, but anything can happen when you're moving content management systems. So. Could be two weeks, could be one week, but everyone that is an active premium subscriber as of the point that we cut over will qualify to get this, whatever the package is with the next 25 bucks you send. So that and, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, you, you you know, you don't need to, to build yourself up to 100 bucks, another 25 bucks. Boom, you get this package and then this one's going to be special because it's going to be the uh, the inaugural package. And so we're going to, you know, we've got artists working on, uh, on some cool designs and that sort of thing. So we would like you to, uh, if you haven't signed up for premium and you do want to support us, we'd appreciate that. But, uh, but that's, that's how premium is going to work. And we'll have some additional payment options. The 25 bucks for six months, which we've been using uh, for the last three years is going to continue, but we'll have some other, we'll have one-time donations and, and, we might even do a monthly thing, but we'll, we'll explain that when we roll it out. So I was going to ask if you had any questions and I will and send them into us. Uh, but, uh, did I miss anything, John? Did I, did I get all that? I had my notes here. So
0: I saw your notes and I approve very well prepared. All right. No, I think you touched on everything. There's a few, uh, details that need to be ironed out. Well, first, number one, for those that have contributed and those that will contribute, thank you so much. Cause as Dave said, it does, uh, it, it's, it
1: certainly helps motivate us. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it it's, yeah, no, it, we really appreciate it. And you know, that, that hundred dollar number we toyed with a lot of different numbers while we, while we moved this around. And it was actually while I was listening to that Sonos sub that it hit me. It was like, no, a hundred bucks is the right number. That's the number that somebody would pay if either one of us were, you know, if they hired us to come out to their house and do this. Now I know neither one of us really does this anymore, uh, because we do mac Geekab, but, uh, but that's, you know, that's the minimum somebody pay for a visit with with us and uh and and yet you get so much more than just a visit with us. So it's, you know, it's seem to be easy money and then out of that 100, you know, we're we're probably going to spend that 20 to 25 bucks to send you, you know, to 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 make up the t-shirt or the mugs or whatever it is and send them to you and all that it's probably going to cost us, you know, probably yeah, somewhere in that 25 bucks range. And and international people are included. Uh, I don't think we're going to have to charge international people anymore. We will eat the difference there. We certainly will for the first round. And if it really screws us up, we'll tell you, but, uh, but, uh, we're trying to do, treat everybody equally just to make it easy. So time to go to some questions here, John. Someone suggested MGGT. I would say Earl gray
0: hot. <laughs> Very nice. Mr. Captain Picard. What, what? <laughs>
1: well, what do you drink? What's your preferred uh, uh, brew? So I uh, I am a Celestial Seasonings man. I, I tend to prefer herbal teas. Uh, usually it's mint tea. Uh, tonight I'm actually having a little bit of ginseng uh, in the blend. I um, Tonight I'm drinking a Tension Tamer tea, which, uh, like I said, it has some ginseng in it, which I like. It energizes me a little bit, which is good at, you know, 10 o'clock when I'm trying to do the show. Not so good, <laughs> you know, that I have to sleep, but it's not quite as bad as caffeine for me. So... Yeah, I'm I'm doing something different. What do you what do you what, what's your beverage of choice this evening, my friend? Uh typically a TNT. Tea, tea. <laughs> tea as well. Just a Tanqueray and tonic. Uh, no,
0: huh? uh, yes, <laughs> it's it's the Tanqueray tea. Yes.
1: That's right. Yeah, the that's tonic good.
0: tea. That's tea good. Tea.
1: Tea. yeah sometimes i'll have a beer you know um i don't like to start the show with a beer it just i i've done it before and it, i i just i just don't prefer it but uh sometimes when we're at about the 40 minute 50 minute mark especially if pete's here i'll I'll give him the high sign and he'll go to the, the fridge and grab us each a, a beer and pop them open for me but that's not that's you know, not happening tonight now, i'm staying with my my stuff
0: especially now now that i'm part of the the huddled commuting uh masses here uh, you know i gotta stick to a schedule here and uh that's right you know Behind the scenes here, I don't know if you're, but but Dave is being cool about it because, yeah, the the changing one's one schedule to, uh, well, pretty much not having any hard (laughs) wake up and sleep times. uh, That's nice when you can do it. Yeah. (laughs) But when you you, you can't, at risk of, uh, you know, especially, uh, you know, people finding you taking a nap in the middle of the day in the workplace. Though some places let you do that, I think a lot don't or frown upon it. So...
1: (laughs) So I know we're at the 55-minute mark, but let's, uh, I want to get some questions answered out of this show. So we might run a little late, but we've been, we've been rambling a little bit here, and we appreciate you, uh, you listening. In. My bedtime's 11, so... All right, so. well, thats I would love to be back at the house by 11. So it seems like I never am. I don't know why. I mean, it's only 10 o'clock now, and we've already almost done a whole show. But anyway, let's get you, some, let's are get you, some well, questions Well, you're in your mini-man cave, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm over at the studio here. Yeah. As always. <laughs> questions. I, questions I like All right, Chris... Questions. Chris writes: uh, This is a quick tale. Uh, let's see. Let me see if I can get. Uh, uh, let's see. He says: uh, there's, Recently, there's been a lot of discussion require, regarding cloning. At first, I poo pooed the idea, thinking if anything happened, that all my stuff was on Dropbox and safe. If anything happened, I'd reinstall the OS and applications as a new can pave. No big deal. But since the announcement of the new MacBook Pro with Retina, I've lusted for one. Having recently purchased a 17-inch Pro in MacBook Pro in February. I was too deep into it to sell it without taking a huge loss. So I decided to go all in and upgrade this 17-inch MacBook Pro to stave off my desires for a new Retina MacBook Pro. So I upgraded the RAM to 16 gigs. I installed a high-end 240-gig SSD drive uh, with with a data doubler that moved the existing 500-gig hard drive to the optical drive and a shell case that moved the optical drive to an external drive. I now have a near, nearly one terabyte of disk space on my 17-inch MacBook Pro. Armed with the new upgrade, upgrade to Mountain Lion this past week, no issues, thank you, Apple. Uh, rather than my typical nuke and pave the new SSD video instructions up and running on my Mac Mini, I decided to take the quick, fast route and clone the existing hard drive. I went with Carbon Copy Cloner because of the fast, Easy creation of the recovery partition and cloned my hard drive. Two hours. That was easy. No brainer. Cloning, installing the new drive and copying the clone drive to the new SSD was flawless. Now I have a couple of questions. With regards to the old hard drive, I've kept that intact and decided to use that as a second boot drive should the SSD fail and have scheduled cloning of the SSD drive to it. Question. Should I do a duplicate clone of the SSD to a separate external drive as well or... Is the one to the second internal sufficient? Then, since I've now become a fan of Carbon Copy Cloner, my thoughts are about my Mac Mini. I'm going to clone that as well. My question here is that I'll have to purchase a new external drive for this clone. Can I use it also as a clone for the SSD? In other words, can I clone two separate Macs onto the same external drive? Finally, what about PowerNap? All right, uh, I, think, I think we've got the questions out there. Now let's get some answers here, John. So a duplicate clone of the SSD to a separate external drive, if he's already cloning internally, I think both of us will probably have a similar answer. Not overly necessary, but also not a bad thing uh, to have, you know, an extra backup just in case your laptop gets stolen. You've got a separate drive. And I hate to, you know, talk about having having it stolen, but that's what backups are for. So I, I would actually clone to a second external drive, John. Oh, Sure. That's what I did before I, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: I made the big move at the very least. Yes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then cloning the Mac mini to a second external, you know, his question is, can he have two Macs cloning to the same drive, not just backing up to, but cloning to the same drive. And, uh, and the answer is yes, you, you have to partition that drive into two partitions. At least you could do three. And then, I'm glad you mentioned
0: that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, I was thinking that while I was reading this question is so can you just use any one of these backup programs to copy from one drive to a single other drive? Yeah, And I thought, well, wait, is it going to store it in a... Fo- no, no, no. So, uh, just to interject here, especially for those who don't do a lot of wrangling with their hard drives, uh, if you want to store multi content from multiple other machines onto a single other drive. You have to take this step called partitioning. Uh, you could certainly try doing it without partitioning the drive, but I think that will lead to disaster.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do that, but, but no, I, you can definitely partition. In fact, that's what I've done on my iMac. I have a one terabyte drive. I set up a 250 gig partition on my one terabyte drive that I clone to. And then the rest of it is wide open for other storage, but there's no reason I couldn't also clone another drive to that. When it's time to boot, you hold down the option key up comes your list of options, including all your partitions. You pick the one you want to boot from. And if that's your clone up, it'll come. It's good stuff. And I guess the only thought I have here is when you
0: partition a drive, you may want to think carefully. It is possible either with Apple's utility or another utility, uh, uh, with Apple's utility, it's easy to repartition with different sizes if the drive hasn't been too busy and too full. Um, even if the drive is, there are third-party utilities that can uh, uh, repartition and, and they shuffle things around for you. So I guess the only thing I'd offer here is that, you know, partitioning is going to be part of this. Try to think towards the future yeah. <laughs> for yeah. your partitioning needs here. I haven't always done that. I'm like, yeah, I'll just make it to... You know, two partitions, each half the size of the drive, and then find out maybe that wasn't a good decision.
1: Well, you can repartition live. In fact, it is supported yes. as a core function of the OS. But but it's not. You can't always do it. Um,
0: you know, depending oh, right? I guess what I'm saying is I've run into that where I've seen. So I've I've told uh, I guess this utility to do this, and underneath the covers, it's actually running some special commands trying to do uh yeah, as you said, a live. Uh, repartition what happens is i think it it makes its best effort to try to especially on a rotational drive i don't think it matters on a ssd it tries to shuffle the data around so there's enough contiguous space where it can build a new partition right and and i've seen it fail trying to do that at least when when
1: i've tried it yeah and 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 the failure at least the failure that i've seen is that it just says sorry can't do that it's not like you yeah it it,
0: it doesn't destroy anything yes it just says
1: uh, unable to complete this operation or some something equally useless. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, non-destructive repartitioning is possible if your if your data is laid out in a way that makes it possible. Yeah. All right. Um, and Chris was a, uh was one of our premium supporters. So thank you for, uh, for your support there, Chris Laura, in fact, is also another one of our premium supporters. And we have a question from her. She says, I need your help. Next weekend, I'm going to make a major purchase at the Apple store since it's tax-free weekend here in South Carolina. That combined with my educational discount means I'm going to buy a MacBook Pro 17-inch, a Belkin wireless G-router and a, uh, oh, shit, sorry, she says she has a MacBook Pro 17-inch, sorry, a Belkin wireless G-router and a 1-terabyte Western Digital MyBook uh, Firewire and USB external drive. She's moving to a 15-inch MacBook Pro with Retina display. Uh, and apple care an ipad and she's adding uh, a third gen ipad loaded up 64 gigs with wi-fi and cellular says i'm also going to get a new network printer scanner that has AirPrint capability because my old printer and scanner don't have drivers that work i'm adding a tivo wireless and adapter for my pre tivo and uh adding all this other great stuff okay Uh, The intent of my purchases next week is to go from the to get the newest and maximum options available now and then use them as long as humanly possible. John, I think uh, I think she's a a woman after your own heart. Uh, She says, finally, to my question, I'm debating on whether to keep my Western Digital external drive for backups and purchase an airport extreme or just purchase a two terabyte or three terabyte time capsule. Seeing above how I tend to use equipment. Are there any advantages of one over the other? The one thing I can think of is that I would have to wait for the Apple store to start selling the Thunderbolt to Firewire adapter if I kept the Western digital drive. But I could still use the USB connection until then. Not ideal, but okay for backups. All right. So, um, yeah, well, to answer a little bit out of order here. Good news. We posted an article at TMO earlier this week. The Apple stores are now selling the Thunderbolt to Firewire adapters. So that is uh, that's good news. Um. As far, basically, the the question that she's asking here is: Should she replace her? Should she get a time machine, or should she get an airport router and then just hang a hard drive off it? Honestly, I would go with Plan B uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, you can replace the hard drive way easier if the hard drive goes bad in your two part setup. Uh, doing it the hard drive inside a time capsule. Involves cracking it open and and, you know, doing all sorts of crazy things. You also can't get at the data on that hard drive if your time capsule guts fail without taking it apart and putting it in another enclosure. Whereas if you have a drive hanging off your Airport Extreme, you can take that and plug it into any Mac that, you know, at least has a USB port and you're good to go. So I I would definitely go the, the separate drive route. You can also upgrade that drive. You can start with your one terabyte that you have and then when you decide you need more space or when that drive finally goes the way of the bit bucket there you can uh you can just add another drive and and you don't have to monkey about with changing your router settings and and going through all that so that that would be my advice john i don't I don't know how you feel about this but uh i want to know i Maybe. feel great <laughs> so good. you're right number 1
0: laura is is a woman after my heart for wanting to use things as long as possible. Yeah. Some people may know that I'm all about that. Well, I think anybody should be. Come on. Why yeah. should you buy something new just because it's new? Right. I'll stimulate the economy. I don't know. So the uh a few points here. So number one, uh I was a bit concerned about the mention of airprint uh getting a printer scanner that's airprint capable because there are so few of them. So I would Yeah, the Apple store sells that. them. Okay. That's yeah. Fine. Uh, the only thing is that you know there uh, there are some options here. So one that I think is worth thinking about is if you do get the time capsule. Well, that does give you. Uh, it may not give you full capabilities to do network printing, but at least it does with with the printer that I have. So just one thing to think about. The other thing to think about, Dave, of course, is that the uh, and you know I just got this this week, but the uh, X Print server from our pals at Landtronic's. They yep. just sent me the home version. Uh-huh. So for anybody who uh, and for for a lot of people especially with this new product here that is at a uh, lower price. So the original product that we saw at Macworld was 149 and that's more for uh,
1: network printers. Uh, small uh, small office environment I would say. Well, it's for it's for a printer that it, it, it's for sharing printers to iOS that already right. live on the network. What as, I'm saying is that network there are two products. Right. What I'm no, saying I know. is there are now two Yeah. But the new one, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify the environment. I would, I would, I would be very specific about it and say, if you have a, if you have a networked printer, then you want the, the, the original version. And if you have a USB printer, then you want the home version. That's, I mean, that's the difference between the two. uh, That's the biggest difference.
0: So the home version can also support network printers, just not as many. Correct. That's right. So the biggest difference, yeah. So the other difference, so the home edition, which I just got in a box here. No, and I That is a good, is a good point. Yeah, because the home
1: edition will work so, for anybody. Yeah, that's so right. So home
0: edition will support USB printers. The network edition does not. And between the two of them, that, that, that's why I was just differentiating. Mm-hmm. So the home version no, you, supports right. up to two network printers. The network edition supports unlimited. So that, that's why I try to classify it, because you could use either one in either
1: environment. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I'd forgotten that it actually does support them. So yeah, forget what I said. Buy, just buy the home one unless you, have, you you envision having more than two printers. Listen to that guy, Mr. Braun, right there.
0: <laughs> what else did I see here? As a, and then, you know, I had a, a thought here about interfaces because uh, there's talk here of different hard drive interfaces. And I guess the only thought that I had here just to add to this is if I had to choose... I don't know. I think I still think it may be unless you got all new equipment, which in this case, it sounds like that may be the case here. But um, Thunderbolt to me still seems premature to me that the best, I think, overall interface is still FireWire, at least in my case. And I think for most Mac users, you have probably not one, but two different FireWire interfaces on most of your Macs. Not if you've bought a Mac recently. Okay. Well, the, the, I mean, they started phasing out the 400, but the 800 is on most of them. Well, not the airs. No, I think the airs are an exception here. Right. And it's also not on the,
1: it's not on the MacBook pro retina either. You just, you just have thunderbolt. Well, that's
0: like, well, that's MacBook air. uh, That's like air junior, right? Or no air senior. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Sorry.
1: MacBook pro. Yeah. With retina. Right. Is yeah. Senior. But That's I still think true. the
0: MacBook and the MacBook
1: Pro still have Firewire. Yes, they do. But I think I think it's gone in the next rev. I, I think I think, you know, especially with the Thunderbolt to Firewire adapter that Apple now sells. I think they're done putting Firewire okay. and, and they well, should I mean, be. I mean, there's no reason to write. You know, if you've got this what? adapter, you're good to go. What are you talking about. Well that no see that's the beauty of Thunderbolt. Wire wire
0: forever. No, I, I agree with you. Yes, Thunderbolt allows you to have adapters that can adapt to anything whether it be gigabit ethernet or this or that. Right. Yeah, no, I'm, right. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm just stuck in the past. Oh.
1: Well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are. You're the right. only thing that does get me here is that USB if I had to choose between two interfaces to have. Actually, you know, if I had to choose, I think I'd get USB 3 now. Right. I I, I got my next Dave uh, my next machine Dave, I promise will be the MacBook Pro
1: 15-inch. Not the, with, with or without Retina? No, no, not the Retina. I don't like uh, the Retina. Because no, it's not upgradable? The,
0: because the Pro has a, that's one reason that, that what you get is what you get. But number two, because, dude, the new MacBook Pro is like the port, port nirvana. Yeah. Yeah, so we well, I would I would buy Thunderbolt soon. USB three firewire and gigabit ethernet and that I'd like having all of those ports explicitly there without an
1: adapter. To me, that's cool. But yeah, I should act fast. Yeah, saying. I think so. I, uh, yeah, I think it's I think a lot of those are going to go away. You might, you might get multiple Thunderbolt ports and I think you'll keep gig and, and USB, but I, I I can I would I in fact, I will say right now, my friend, I will buy you dinner. If there's a FireWire 800, 800, port on a, on a full rev of the MacBook Pro. Okay. You all heard it. <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> I mean, You know, there you go. All right. Is it time to move on now that we've, now that we've laid a bet down here? Yes. John. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I didn't lose you. All right. Let's, uh, let's see. Let's do, we can do one more, one more question. You know, let's talk about uh, the I'm looking here. Bear with me, folks. Um, let's talk Jim. about Jim. Let's answer Jim. Jim's question Jim. here. Uh, actually, Absolutely. I'm not sure which Jim to talk about. I was going to go with Jim, the calendar question. So um, oh. Jim writes, uh, I think. Right. You want to do the calendar question here, John? I think we should. Oh, OK. He says, uh I've got an issue that might exercise your P list finding skills. As you know, in Apple Mail, I'm using Lion. If a message comes in with an appointment, like data in it, you can get the data into iCal by mousing over it and selecting the drop-down menu from the triangle. This opens a mini calendar uh, with your data already entered. In Lion, there is an Edit button at the top of this window. I often want to change the name of the calendar in which the event occurs, so this edit facility is great. What's strange, though, is that the list of calendars available from the edit window that appears. I've got many extra ones, doubling the iCloud-synced ones in some cases, but strangely, not every calendar is doubled either. The doubled calendars are grayed out, so they cannot be selected. iCal itself only shows the calendars that are correct. All are synced to iCloud. Here's what I've tried. I've tried to reset the calendars, uh, turn off iCloud syncing, and deleted everything in uh, home library calendars, and I turned it on again to let the Mac download them from iCal. I looked everywhere for a P list that might have this data. No joy. My MacBook pro is a much upgraded system. I bought it with snow leopard and used the migration assistant to move my data over. I was using mobile me syncing. So there's a lot of cruft in there. And I imagine it is mobile me cruft. That's causing the problems. Okay. So there's two ways to go with this. One is the mobile me cruft. And we'll talk about that. Second, first is, uh, you know, with iCloud, uh, which is different from mobile me calendars on mobile me, we're able to have events and to-dos in them simultaneously. Calendars on iCloud can have one or the other and you have to set the calendar up uh, as one or the other. If you had a calendar that had both events and to-dos or now called reminders in it, when you migrated from MobileMe to iCloud, it created two calendars for you with the same name, one that holds events, And one that holds reminders or to do's. So it's possible that the things that you're seeing grayed out are actually to do calendars and uh, and you just aren't seeing them by name. They have the same names and that may be what's going on with you. So check that first. And if that's the case, then then your then your issue is solved. And the reason they're gray is because you can't attach an event to them because they're to do calendars. But it's a, it's a weird thing. And I'm, I still am sort of scratching my head as to why Apple did it this way. Perhaps it's so that the reminders app and the calendars app can look at different things, but come on, they should be smart enough to be able to filter out one versus the other. But anyway, that's how it is. So that, that could be very well be the issue here, right? You have any thoughts on that one, John, before we move on to clean up?
0: Okay, go. Well, a little cleanup here. So the, this, uh, is something the, 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 buried in the depths of the system?
1: Well, yeah, yeah. that I know. I meant I, I, before we get into the mobile me thing and cleaning up sync services and all that. Did you have any thoughts on the on the two different calendar types? That that's what I mean. That's what I meant. I'm just oh, trying to do no. this one phase at a time. OK, so, yeah, you're right, though. The depths of the system. It's you know, you if, if that's not the issue, then then I, I think it's sync services corruption. And, uh, you know, you you did something. I wouldn't say it's bad when you updated your calendars or when you deleted your calendars, but you just went into library calendars and deleted them. Um, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I would, I would be a little cleaner about it, especially if it's stuff that all lives on iCloud. Remember the server is the master, right? With, with, with iCloud. So your Mac is just a client. So what I would do is um, I would just turn off iCloud and then, Uh, That should delete everything inside of iCal. And then that should also empty your home library calendars folder. Once you've done that, um, you should have no calendars on your Mac, or maybe it'll create one or two like home and work or something. And then at that point, I would reset sync services. And after that, then I'd resubscribe to iCal. Uh, Sorry, I'd resubscribe to iCloud from within inside iCal. Does that make sense, John? And Reset sure. Sync Services, we'll put, a, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's a, it's a big fiasco, but you got to do it the right way. You can't go mucking about because, you know, that's bad. So. What do you think? Mm-hmm.
0: I only had one minor suggestion here. I think I you could. covered most of it. But if you go in your home folder, library folder, calendars, and we yeah. were talking about that. But there is, I noticed there is a calendar cache file in there. Oh. I suppose if that's set oddly. And there's a backup of it too. I just noticed this, so I have in my folder one that's been updated recently, and one that has been uh, has a little tilde after it, and it, it hasn't been touched since 2010. Huh. Hmm. All right. So, just one data point here. I was I was searching on my machine with Spotlight for calendar related stuff, and this looked uh, particularly
1: interesting. Ah, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't find anything
0: else calendar related, really, and like Onyx or some of the other cleanup tools that we we typically
1: like. Now, all that stuff is really stored inside sync services. And, you know, that's the thing. I mean, if if you dig in, we've got this um, knowledge base article about resetting sync services. But I think that then that then links to another one. Um, In fact, yeah, it says uh, there's one line in there that says important uh, manually removing the sync services folder is strongly discouraged. And that's a link to another knowledge base article that says As if it were a swarm of bees. This is on Apple's site. Uh, As if it were a swarm of bees, you should stay away from the sync services folder. Removing or modifying anything in the sync services folder or any subfolders within it may cause unexpected issues. And then they tell you where to find this folder that you should not touch. So. That's bad stuff. Swarm of bees, John. Not
0: good. I haven't seen a bee for a while. So, uh, the other thing, you know, actually that they've been starting to take these away and it makes me sad, Dave, but, um, Xcode, if you upgrade to the latest Xcode, they get rid of a lot of utilities that they used to offer because one utility that they used to offer, which has to do with sync services, even though it's been pretty much retired. Um, it's still, I think nope. a useful utility oh, no, no, no. To sync
1: services is very much alive or parts
0: of it have been, I'm sorry, the mobile me related, uh, yeah, but it, it's some so- of the parts aren't being used anymore. I'll yeah, based degree. on what I see in this utility. Yeah. So there's a utility called Synchrospector, S-Y-N-C-R-O-S-P-E-C-T-O-R, that was included in early versions of developer tools. It will show you all of the devices that are, uh, I believe, part of Sync Services, mm-hmm. and all, all the little qualifiers and all the other things they tie to. But um, I'd, I'd say use this utility to look, maybe not to touch. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: That's well, though, though, I have I have used it to clean out old devices. The, the thing is, the sync services. Uh, I think it goes back a ways here. I mean, I'm still looking, Dave. <laughs> I still got. I still haven't cleaned this, even though everybody tells me to. <laughs> so I'm still seeing a John's Crazer K1M <laughs> telephone registered in the uh, iSync database in the sync services uh, in this utility. That's crazy. It says it's never been su- it says it's never been synced but it's still leftover cruft from, from prior version
1: and the like, there's a bubble me thing here and yeah. A reset of of sync services. I mean, you're not having a problem, so you don't need to do it. But I, you know, I think in, in Jim's case, you know, unsubscribe from iCloud. And when I say that, I mean, just remove it from iCal um, and then reset sync services and then bring it back. And that if the, if those calendars are not just the to do things, which is what it is, then, then that's your that's your issue or that hopefully that's your solution i hope yes but, you know that's how it goes where are we oh look at the time i know we're uh we're cooking here so it's i think it's time to bring the band in what do you think about that my friend i think they deserve to come in and get some ac uh, that's right all right well we've gone an hour and 20 but we already told you how to find us so uh so i think it's just time to say goodnight. unless you've got anything else to add there john good night and good eating (laughs) we would like to uh, before we say good night we would like to thank a couple of people and a couple of companies here uh really first i want to thank all of you uh honestly and uh, all of you who listen all of you who send in questions all of you who send in tips all of you that support us with premium all of you that have supported us all of you that will support us we really you know it's uh it's awesome that we get to do this And uh, having listeners like you Makes it really easy to, uh, to strive to do our very best Every time we, we sit here to, uh, to Record and, and help you So it's uh, We do love helping you that's, that's really I mean that's That's why we're here and, uh, and we really appreciate the opportunity to do it So thank you In thank addition you. We'd like Sorry I'm sorry John I didn't mean to cut you off But you did I know did you want to say something? No. No, oh, okay. thank you. Oh, okay. I didn't hear what you said. That's right. So. And thank you, John, for doing this with me for seven years. This has been great. We're going to do it for a lot more. And thank you to Michael Johnston for converting the show to AAC. He uh, is the host of the We Have Communicators podcast. And uh, he was the former founder and former owner of iPhoneAlley.com. Actually, I guess he was the founder of iPhone Alley. There's no such thing as former... He's uh, a former owner But he, he runs the We Have Communicators podcast now So uh, thanks Michael for converting the show To AAC and, uh, and go listen to his podcast He does a great job Cashfly.com, thank you to them For providing all the bandwidth To get the show from us To you The podcast marketplace includes BB Edit from Barebones Software PDF Pen Pro For Mac and iPad From Smile and of course Gazelle all through Backbeat Media. With that, I think we will be here at 9 o'clock next Sunday. I've got some family stuff going on. May pull me away. It's one of those important family things. But uh, I a family member in trouble, but I think, I think we'll be okay by 9 o'clock next Sunday. So we'll see you here then. In the meantime, John, have fun. And is there any last, lasting advice you would like to share with those that are listening?
0: Whatever you do, don't get caught.
1: Made up.